0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for October 12th is Matthew chapter 11, beginning with the story of John the Baptist, who was at this point in prison. I wonder if he ever imagined that he would be going to prison, or that he would eventually be beheaded for his testimony that it was unlawful for the king to marry his sister-in-law. Nevertheless, he heard what Christ, or the Messiah, Christ is Greek for the Hebrew word Mashiach, which we translate Messiah, which means the anointed one. This is the one who was to come, the prophet like Moses, the one Moses wrote about. And after growing up with him, spending 30 years being prepared for this public ministry, John has, it seems, some legitimate questions because things aren't going the way he expected them to go. He sends messengers to ask Jesus if he is the one who was to come. Jesus doesn't say yes, but he says look at the evidence. Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those with skin diseases are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor are told the good news. These are all miracles, including the poor hearing the good news. And blessed is the one who is not offended because of me. The word blessed there has to do with being happy. Some Bible translations say happy is the one. The word really refers to somebody who is fortunate because they have received a special measure of God's favor. Indeed, we are recipients of God's favor, and we are extremely blessed in this day and age to have the Holy Spirit and to have the written Word of God. Jesus addresses a question that wasn't openly asked, at least not that was recorded, and he answers the question with a question. What did you go out to the desert to see? He was not a reed swayed by the wind he was not dressed in fancy clothes he was a prophet he was more than a prophet remember he was a marker he was one who prepared the way for the coming of messiah in regard to people born physical birth no one is greater than john the baptist that's remarkable this is the greatest man to have ever been born essentially is what jesus is saying But when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, even the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than this. And it's showing how much more emphasis Jesus is placing on the kingdom of heaven as opposed to the kingdom of this world. The things of the spirit are infinitely more valuable than the things of the flesh. And there's this interesting verse that many people misunderstand, and I think is translated very poorly in most Bible translations. In verse 12, Jesus says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence, and the violent have been seizing it by force. That word translated violent is not used anywhere else in the New Testament. The simple definition of that word, according to Strong's Greek concordance, is to force. Not necessarily in a negative manner, such as with violence, but it's to use force. It's to force your own way. It's to come forward potentially violently, but properly. This Strong's Greek number 971 is to use power to forcibly seize laying hold of something with positive aggressiveness, to advance forcefully, and again, it's nowhere else in the Greek New Testament, so we don't have other translations or other contexts by which we can compare the context to, to gr- gain a greater understanding. But the impression I get is that Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is available But it's only going to be apprehended by those who exert some effort. It's not going to just fall into your lap. Jesus is telling us that it's the ones who are willing to work for it that are going to reap the most benefit. Don't think of it as violent as somebody who is a a murderer or a rapist that is advancing the kingdom of heaven. And don't make the mistake thinking that the kingdom of heaven is suffering harm from those types of people. The context is pointing to the fact that those who are willing to exert the effort will be the ones who are advancing the kingdom of heaven on this earth. The enemy wants to instill fear in us and have us cower at home and pray and ask God to get out and advance his kingdom. Jesus has said the laborers are few. Pray for more laborers, but also be a laborer. Get out there and make it happen. Share the truth. Be a light. Be salt. In verses 18 and 19, Jesus is calling out the hypocrisy of the people in the different cities all around that region where john the baptist and jesus had both taught and been teaching and been preaching and the people didn't want to follow john because he was fasting and abstaining from alcohol and then the people didn't want to follow jesus because he was eating and going to festivals and enjoying a glass of wine every now and then yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds or by her children It's another way to say, judge a tree by its fruit. The results that come from the actions will reveal the heart or the root of the ministry. You can accuse John of being crazy. You can accuse Jesus of being a friend of sinners. But what is the result of the work that they did? And together they changed the world. In the next paragraph, Jesus is denouncing many of the towns around that region for their lack of belief, even after all of the miracles he had performed. And he says it's going to be better for Tyre and Sidon, it's going to be better for Sodom on the Day of Judgment, compared to these cities. I can't imagine what it will be like for those who refuse to believe Jesus when they saw him with their own eyes raise the dead give sight to people who were born blind, open the ears of people who had been born deaf, and all of the other things that he did on a daily basis right in front of him. There's no excuse to not believe in the work that he's done. Certainly, there were some people who were aware, but they were too busy going on about their day-to-day lives that they just didn't take the time to investigate it because they were more concerned about the things of this world or their businesses or their families or whatever was in front of them than the kingdom of heaven. This passage shows us that judgment will be relative to the witness received. There's a teaching in some churches these days that says all people are going to get the same reward at the end of their life. Some will get eternal life and some will get Eternal punishment in hell. Some people believe that the wicked will be totally annihilated and will cease to exist, and that hell is a. Some people believe that hell is more symbolic and that the wicked will be completely and totally annihilated and just cease to exist after the judgment. Jesus seems to indicate in this passage, however, that there will be some level of distinction between the wicked. If it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom on that day of judgment than it will be for Capernaum or any of these other towns. In verse 25, Jesus prays out loud, which when he does that, it is for the benefit of those who were around him as well as for our benefit today so that it would be recorded. He says multiple times that he would pray out loud for the benefit of those people so that we could learn from him. But he's able to, God is able to hear the prayers that are silent straight from our minds and from our hearts. Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants or to little children. The world would say, that many Christians are foolish for believing the things that we believe. And that's fine. They can say that. I would much rather be viewed as foolish by the world and approved by God. He continues in verse 27, "...all things have been entrusted to me by my Father." No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal Him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light." Perhaps you are not where God wants you to be. Perhaps you're not doing what God wants you to be doing. The yoke is easy and the burden is light does not mean that your life will be easy, but it does mean when you are flowing in the grace of the river of the Holy Spirit, the current will take you in the direction that you need to be. If everything is difficult... And nothing is flowing then perhaps you are not doing what you have been called to do or at least not in the way that God is calling you to do it if that feels like you spend some time fasting and praying asking God what he wants you to do many people have an anointing to build successful businesses some people do not If you are striving to build a successful business, and every time you pray, you hear the phrase, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, Matthew 6, 33, perhaps you are being called into the ministry rather than into the business realm, and you need to focus on building the ministry by getting your roots deep into the Word of God and fellowship with God in prayer. We should be continually asking ourselves, are we swimming along with the current of the river of the Holy Spirit or are we striving against it? That's the goal, is to be flowing in the Holy Spirit as He leads with wisdom that is bound up in the Word of God. Friends, This is why we study the Word, so that we'll know the heart of the Father, we'll get to know Him better, and we'll be more successful doing the things He calls us to do in this life. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.